everybody. It's so good to be here uh, the last day of 2023. It just, uh, it's hard to believe another year has come and gone. It just, uh, it goes by so fast, but it adds a lot of value to the Word and the Scripture. And we see that in, uh, in the book of James, and he tells us, you know, for what is your life even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away? Time is precious. And kind of a little bit of a story uh, during this holiday uh, season. Uh, we was at, uh, at my wife's family's, and, and my little great-nephew, he reached for me, and he's a little fella, and he, I grabbed a hold of him, and he's sitting there, and he kind of looked back at me, and he started crying. And his mommy grabbed him, and she took him, and she said, that's okay, people with white hair, he cries. I was like, what are you talking about, you know? <laughs> but... Uh, it shows you, I'm telling you, and it, it was it was just funny, and you know, and I, but you know, it just time goes by faster than what we think. I still feel like I'm 20 years old, but uh, it just it gets away from us, and it's precious. And here we've got this new year coming upon us, and um, you know, it's beautiful to think about it. We got all the four seasons that the Lord has told us; He's promised us they're all in front of us. Everything's fresh. And you know, a lot of times this, this time of year, everybody starts getting their New Year's resolutions and goals. And it's what we're going to be talking about a little bit today. But, um, but you know what? You don't even need a calendar to know it's the end of the year, ready to start the new year, because you start seeing all these commercials, don't you? How to make a better you. You know, you start seeing all these things about gym memberships and, um, you know, weight loss programs and all these things. You know, get all these plans put together. And... Um, but this morning, I want to talk to you a little bit about, uh, I want you all to think about what Apostle Paul, what he says. He gives advice to the Philippian church. I'm, I'm, I'm skipping out of Ecclesiastes today. I'm jumping into the book of Philippians here today. But uh, I want you all to listen to this advice he gives to them, and he's given to us about goals. And let's see if God's inspired word here today, if it helps you to get that goal created for yourself before we start the new year that will inspire inspire you so again Philippians here today chapter 3 we're going to go, go through 8 through 16 so Philippians chapter 3 if you want to follow with me we'll start at verse 8 this is uh, yea doubtless and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. And be found to him not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ. The righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering. Being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I have already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to apprehend it, but this one thing I do, forgetting the things which are behind and reaching unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal unto this unto you. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. Let us pray here this morning. 
Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, again, we are just truly blessed to be here. We thank you for another year, Lord, and uh, Lord, we're just so grateful, Lord, that you've blessed us with your word, Lord, that we can read and we know what's ahead of us in the future. And Lord, here today, I just pray that each one here, as we set goals for the future, Lord, that they're always inspired to glorify you. So Lord, today, just uh, give me the words you need me to say, and Lord, just open our hearts to the message, and we ask all this in Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, uh, you know, it's amazing how God works, and uh, I was sitting here last, uh, this past Wednesday, and I tell you what, uh, it just, how fitting it is, Brother Mark done an incredible job teaching the imperatives in the book of James, and it's just amazing how that, when I was studying, getting ready for this, it's like, oh, this ties perfectly into what I'm talking about today. And that's no coincidence, it's God. I believe that wholeheartedly. And uh, if you didn't get to listen to that, the imperatives, uh, draw nine to him, he'll draw nine to us. Please take time and listen to that, because that's very, very important. It goes right along with what we're doing <coughs> today. And excuse me a little bit too, I've, uh, I've got a little bit of congestion going on, but uh, bear with me today. But uh, you know, to here today, everything that we do, everything that we do, is to glorify God. That's what we're supposed to do, is to glorify Him. And, you know, that should be our main principle focus whenever we're setting our goals this year, you know, for the new year. And I love it, you know, when we go into church camp, how important we push that principle to the children, you know, when we're in there. And I love t uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 31. All the children know this because we keep rehearsing that with them. And, you know, I'll do all to the glory of God. Everything we should do should go to the glory of God. How important that is. And, uh, you know, when we make a goal, the main thing is seek first the kingdom of heaven. That's the first thing that we need to do when we set goals for ourselves. So the thing of it is, when Paul wrote this letter to the Philippians, you know, this is a young group of believers. They're all young. And this is the first Euro European Christian church and predominantly probably mostly Gentile and they're all new I mean it's all new to them everything is new to them our brothers and sisters these men and women here they're just you know they've just been saved they've been justified in salvation and now they're going through the sanctification process so they're young in this but Paul if you go back to verse 1 in Philippians you'll see how thankful he is for this church they are growing they are sanctifying being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. And we see that. And Paul is praising them in here because the thing of it is, this is a prison epistle. This is, uh, Paul is in prison. I'm, well, he's in house arrest, but he's being guarded by the Roman guards. So he's on house arrest, and he's just thanking these, and he's writing this letter, but he's thanking the Philippian church because they're sending him gifts. They're sending him all these gifts and their prayers and all these things, and he's saying, I'm just so thankful for you guys because that's what God wants you to do. And this is just Paul when we read this. This is just God and inspiring him, and he's so dedicated. You know, even as he sits there in, in this prison being watched by these guards, he is still bringing the gospel. He is still dedicated to, the, uh, dedicated to the work of the ministry, even though he was arrested for stirring up trouble. And what was that trouble? He was preaching the gospel. And he's still doing it. You know, that to us, folks, that's inspiration to us. That should be inspiration to us. You know, because 
what he's portraying to them is how important it is, folks, to seek that kingdom of heaven. Seek first that kingdom of heaven. We've already talked about that, but how important that is. And conforming to the image of Christ by the Holy Spirit. That's our goal. We need to be Christ-like. And he is showing that, that to us. And, you know, spreading the good news, and that's going to come. You know, being able to go out and spread the gospel, that's going to come as we mature. And he show, you know, show our love to the world. Show God's love to the world through us and stay in the course like he told Timothy, fight the good fight. Not only that, but you know what? We need to walk in the Spirit. And all this can only occur by God's grace. And I'm so thankful for that. Each day we should have a desire to grow closer to him. And that's what he's trying to tell the Philippian church, and that's what God's telling us. We need to grow closer into the Lord. Amen. So, if we go to verse 10, I want you all to take it. And the first few words here really shows the goal of Paul. I want you all to see that, that I may know him. In verse 10 it says, that I may know him. Know the Lord Jesus and power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sufferings being made conformable unto death. You see here, folks, he was encouraging the Philippian church. He's encouraging us not to set idle. You know, we can be blessed and we can be redeemed and saved, but you know what? Don't be idle. We, we don't need to be idle. He was encouraging them not only to learn about Jesus intellectually, but to have a heartfelt knowledge of him, a closeness, a relationship. That's what you need to be able to grow. And that's what he's telling them here. And folks, for us, the start of the new year, what are we going to do? Seek the Lord. We're going to find grace. If we do that, you know, there's all kinds of things, but the first thing, first step is to get into his word and start daily Bible reading. It's perfect. Set a time for yourself. And there's programs. We already heard about this morning. You can go through it together. Carve out that prayer time. There's so many things, folks join the assembly like we are here this morning. You know, that is so important. But not only that, but one, of the, one thing I really love is there are so many opportunities here to be part of a ministry. You know, if there's something going on and you want to be a part of it, jump in. Because I'm telling you folks, that is so great in helping your spiritual maturity to grow. And that's another thing that Paul is saying here to the Philippians. He's telling them that we need to be united. And I tell you what, we can be a blessing to one another because we can hold each other accountable. And that is so great. So it's great to be a part of this ministries and different things that's going on. It's a blessing is what it is. The thing of it is when I say that, folks, we have no idea of what God has planned for us this year. We don't have any idea this year he can utilize us in something beyond we could ever imagine. It could be something amazing because nothing is impossible with the Lord. Nothing. So sometimes, you know, we limit what God can do. Sometimes we do that. Maybe our faith isn't as strong as it needs to be. Maybe our relationship with him isn't where it needs to be. But believers, you're a believer here today. Check this out. In Ephesians, I want to go back here and, and take a look at Ephesians chapter 3 and verse uh, 20 says this. It says, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. 
There's so much more that can go on. There's so much more he can bless us with. We just have that trust and faith in him. And to him be glory to the church by Christ Jesus throughout all the ages, world without end. Amen. Do you all see? When we depend upon a a risen Lord to enable us to do God's will, we will never encounter power shortages. Never. If we depend on that, nothing is impossible. You all see. Nothing is impossible with God. And that's what makes it so, so wonderful. That is why that we need to have that close relationship with the Lord. That's why we need to walk with Him closely for these blessings. Look what also, I'm going to go back into Philippians chapter 3 and we're going to go into uh, verse 7. Let's look what Paul says here. He says, I'll go back to 7, but what things were gained to me? Those I counted lost for Christ, yea, doubtless. And I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. All the things he did before, before he knew Christ. Look what he says. And do count them but dung that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. You all see that? He's showing us in those three scriptures there, it is faith in Christ, folks. And again, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. It's right here, folks. We have to have it. And that God imputes that to all believers. We all have this. And Paul humbly shows us without the Lord, without that, We have no chance of living a righteous life. We don't have any chance of that. No chance of experiencing the true power of the resurrection. No hope of eternity without the Lord. Paul also shows us in those first three verses there that I read, 7 through 9, we can't obtain salvation and righteousness by our own hand. Because remember he was saying before all the things that he did, he thought he was doing right before. It's the grace of God. It is the grace of God. And if you look at uh, verse 8 again, I thought that was uh, about midway through. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung. All the things that happened before. Paul's telling us that all he acquired as a Pharisee, the Pharisee of Pharisees, that all this legalism he followed was rubbish. It was nothing as far as his righteousness in eternity. It was meaningless. It takes the Lord Jesus Christ to lead us. He is our shepherd. He's the one that makes intercessions for us to God our Father. Now Paul knew that by God's grace and the faith, he can meet this goal of knowing him. In verse 10 there, that I may know him. Why does he want to know him better? Why does he want to know the Lord better? He wants to be more like him. He wants to be more like Christ. He wants to conform to the image of Christ which is perfect and righteous. That's what he wants. And we should all have that desire. We should all allow the Holy Spirit to guide us and separate us from this world. The closer we get to the Lord, folks, the easier it is to resist the temptations of this world because they'll hit us in every direction. And Paul speaks of this in this life. And you know, that's one thing that Many, many people want to think, you know, oh, this, this is apostle or this is a spiritual leader. You know, they're perfect. They struggle too. And he's telling us this. He's, they struggle. He's humble. He's honest in speaking to this. And I want you all to see, the, you know, the struggles that Paul had 
with temptations and sin. And you all know where I'm going with this. This is in the book of Romans. I just want to show you a few things. Because he's of the flesh. We're all born of the flesh. Romans chapter 7, if you would. In verse 14. Chapter 7, verse 14, it says here. This is Paul talking about his sinful nature. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do, which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now that it is no more, I that do it. But sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good things. For to uh, will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would... I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do not, uh, if I do that, I would not, it is uh, no more that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Folks, look at 25. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. He is the one that can bring us out. He's the one that can lead us to righteousness. Folks, going along with that, 1 Corinthians, I want you all to just take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. We all know this. Paul is speaking to the Corinthian church here, and he says, There has no temptation taken you but such is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. He's not going to put more on us than we can handle. But will with the temptations also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Folks, he makes a way for us to escape. We have a way to escape and it's through him. He gives us that strength. He gives us that power, folks. There is power in the Lord. And you know... There's power in the resurrection, and that's what he's saying here. And Paul knew that this power was limitless. Again, draw nigh unto him, he will draw nigh unto us. Draw closer to him, he's going to draw closer to us. He wants us to experience more of this as he continues spreading the gospel. He wants more of this power. And, you know, this power, again, is available to all believers. And we saw that in Ephesians just a few minutes ago. And... I'm just going to hit that verse 19 again there. And to know the love of Christ with passive knowledge that ye may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly above all that we ask. Folks, the power is available. Amen. The power is available and we can use it. Paul wants more of it. He wants more of that power. And for us, folks, that power helps us to stand up in difficult times. In times of weakness, it's there to help us overcome it. You know, just like Paul, how brave he was when he was doing God's will. But Paul also, he, he goes on here and he speaks of being conformable unto his death in verse 10. And we'll look at that toward the very end of it. And he says, being made conformable unto his death, saying, being, uh, being like him unto his death, folks. Just as Jesus suffered in compliance with his Father's will, Paul's welcoming suffer, uh, suffering that results in doing God's will, folks. 
He's welcoming this. He wasn't afraid of persecution. He wasn't afraid of dying for the sake of Christ. He wasn't afraid of that. Right. You know, and we even read back and see, you know, he was ready to go on, but the Lord had other things for him to do here, so he stayed. You know, he was ready to go on and be with him because he knew the ultimate sacrifice. He knows the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus made for us on that cross. He endured to redeem us back to the Father. He knows that. So he was willing to suffer in order to bring the good news to everybody, you know, especially to us Gentiles. You know, I, I think about that. Here we are, I look around. He done an amazing job, didn't he? God blessed him and all the other saints before us. Here we are today, you know. Thank God for that. And I think about Paul whenever he, back in, uh, back in Philippi, there, you all remember that? We had that soothsayer or the fortune teller. And again, she was possessed by demons. And again, Paul casted that out of her. You know, well, these men that were the owners of this lady at the time, she was a slave. They weren't too happy about that, was they? Because they wasn't getting money out of her for telling fortunes and things like that. So what'd they do? They cast him into jail. Him and Silas, they put him into jail, but you know what? Power of the resurrection happened. Why? They were sitting in this old dungy cell. And you know, they prayed. They sung, they sung hymns. And God shook the foundations of that jail. It shook everything loose. That's the power, folks. And not only that, they could have left, but they stayed there. And here's the other power part of it. That guard there, and we all know this, but that guard, he knew that the Romans, they were going to probably kill him for you know, all these people escaping, all these prisoners and everything. And he's going to commit suicide, but they stopped him. That seed was planted in the heart by Paul, by Silas of this man. And you know what? God blessed him with salvation. That man was saved. That's the power of the resurrection. Folks, it happens today. We got loved ones that are lost. There's hope for them. Amen. There is hope for them, folks. Suffering. Again, suffering for the sake of Christ. Help them in understanding and appreciate what Christ, what he endured for us. So as we look at this, that I may know him and grow closer, right? That's a short-range goal. Daily that Paul has for himself, and he's showing that to the Philippians and to us, it leads to long-range goals, folks. Read verse 11 here. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, that I may attain. Well, what's the resurrection of the dead, folks? This is the rapture. This is when the Lord's coming back, folks. Let's look at that real quick. In Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13, and again, here, Paul is talking to the Thessalonians here. And, um, you know, they're worried because some of their loved ones, some of the, their, the members of the church here, their brothers and sisters are passing away and they're waiting on Jesus' return and they're afraid. What's going to happen because they're already gone? Are they going to miss? And look what he says. But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them that were asleep, those have already passed that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and arose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. They're not missing out. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, 
that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with a voice of the archangel, and with the trump, uh, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we shall, and then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. We're going to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall I ever be with the Lord. Folks, I want to tell you something. This could be the year. Right. We don't know. We don't know when he's coming back. I love 18. Wherefore, com comfort one another with these words. We need to comfort each other with these words. We don't know, folks. Right. We have no idea. Now, when he says attaining here, this is his long-range goal. Attaining, again, attaining unto uh, the resurrection of the dead. Folks, attaining means you're going to endure. Enduring and persevering up to the day that Jesus calls us in the air. Not only that, but attaining. But attaining for our reward. You know, when he calls us up in the air, you know, when we come and be with him, we're with him for what? Forever. Amen. And you know what he's going to do to us? The last part of our salvation. He's going to glorify us. Amen. He's going to make us new, right? We're going to be righteous. And Paul knew here on this earth that he wasn't there yet. He's not there yet. Paul was, you know, he was definitely one of the great spiritual leaders, no doubt. He was an I mean, unbelievable teacher, unbelievable mentor, missionary, all that. But he knew his growth wasn't finished on this earth. He wasn't Christ-like. He's still on that path to be there. And... Uh, He's just not conformed to that image, and he understands that. Verse 12 tells us that. Not as though I already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after it, that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. Y'all see that? Brethren and sisters, the thing of it is, he knows this, and he wants to grow closer. He wants to be closer to Christ and know Him better so that he can mature and get closer to Him. And the thing of it is, folks, he's seeing this. He never said idle. Why should we? We should not. We should not be idle. We should be looking forward as he was. And look what all he accomplished. We can accomplish great things in our life too. We just got to walk with Christ. And he can... Continues again, pushing forward as we look here at the rest of 13. Midway down says, But these one things I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The prize of the high calling. Think of that, folks. We must follow Paul's lead because, what did he say? Follow me as I follow Christ. How important that is. And, you know, in verse 15, you're going to see there, he's urging believers on to join him running this race. Urging them on. Going forward, right? And you see this in 15. Let us, therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you, conforming to that image of Christ to be Christ-like. As many of us know, when we put goals out there in front of us, it's very important that we keep our eyes on that prize because if we don't, we can get, uh, we can get a little confused. If we turn off, we can get a little bit uh, out of whack and we can get off our track We're going toward that goal. You all see what I'm saying? We could stumble. 
we're running this race and we look backwards to see where everybody else is at and we turn around and we stumble and we're going to get passed up or we're going to lose focus. You know, the thing of it is, don't do that. You know, and I want to show you this in 13, uh, 13 about midway. He said, but this one thing I do, forgetting the things that which are behind. Folks, you know, all of us were born sinners. If you're saved today, you're a sinner saved by grace. thing of it is, folks, every one of us has sinned. Every one of us has done things we're not proud of. But he's saying, don't look back. Look forward. Amen. Because that will do nothing but kind of make you stumble along your way. And when you turn back around to see that goal, you might can't find it as quick. You might st you know, stagger around trying to figure out where to go next. If you stay focused and not look at those past failures and stay forward, that's what he's telling us to do. Don't let those other things hinder you, the things you've done in your past. He's telling us not to do that. And I was thinking, when I was reading this, I was thinking to myself in kindergarten, it's kind of crazy, but... Uh, it brought it to my mind, and I, it just something. But anyways, we had a field day, and I was so excited. I was a pretty fast little fella when I was little. And uh, they said, they're going to have a little race, you know, a little 50-yard dash or whatever it was. And uh, I was prepared. I didn't say nothing to my mom or dad. I was just in my side, inside. I was excited about it. I got up that morning, and I had a little pair of blue shoes. And they was the Velcro ones. They had two little Velcros on it and had a little lightning bolt on the side of it. And I said, that's going to win me this race. I looked, and I got up, and I could not find my little lightning bolt shoes. I looked all over that house, and finally, Mom said, we've got to go. And finally, I found them. And I strapped them little suckers on there, and I got to the race. And I'll never forget, I was so nervous. But I wanted to win. And I got up there, and they had a whistle, and I shot out of there. And I never looked side or side. I just looked straight, and I, I think I went past the finish line by 15 or 20 yards before I stopped because I didn't know. I just went. I had no idea who won, and they came up to me. They said, you won. I was so excited. But the thing of it is, folks, that little example, had I turned around and looked at one of my buddies, I'd have tripped up. There's no doubt about it. And that's what he's saying. Don't trip up. Stay focused. Go. Go until the Lord comes back. We need to be Christ-like. So this year, folks, before you finalize your New Year's resolution, I want you all to think about the goals that uh, Paul had for himself here. You know, continue that progress into being more Christ-like, getting closer to him. You know, and I've always said sanctification, the pro it is a process. Each year we should see ourselves getting more spiritually mature each year. Each year we should see this. And that Holy Spirit will lead us. We've got to seek after it. In verse 16, it tells us here too, folks. It tells us to live up to our spiritual maturity. So don't sit idle. Nevertheless, whereunto we have already attained. Let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same things. Folks, we're all accountable for the same thing. It's right here. Every word that's in here, we're accountable to. So folks, continue. Continue. So... Just as Paul is telling the Philippian church and through the inspired words, he's telling us, don't be idle. God's grace has blessed each one of us, no doubt. Bless the Philippian church. He's blessed this church. And there's plenty more grace. Grace is sufficient. We need to seek after it.
here today. His grace is going to lead us on into the future. You know that? And I'm excited about it. So it's so important, folks, to seek after those, uh, those, uh, his grace and his blessings. So, guys, today, again, the main thing, set those goals. Don't be idle. Don't be content with your spiritual standings right now. Always be hungry to go closer to God. Plan this year to make more time for him, folks. God bless you all.